coming up on Unpacked. Are you saying that working for someone means you're going to be restricted with the amount of money you make? It's okay yeah. to say, let me try something else. My intention was that I want to be wealthy. I want to take mm. my mom out of a shirt. When you start a business, the challenges evolve as the business evolves. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is not only about business and making money. There's an untold story, and both of our guests today are here to tell us all about it. Let's unpack. We have all heard the saying, fortune favors the brave. And tonight's guests are the epitome of just that. Coming from an impoverished background and having no shoes inspired Legao Suhana to create his own sneaker line. His brand of shoes has disrupted the fashion industry and become one of the trendiest shoes on the market. Matapelo Pizzi is the owner of a luxury women's footwear brand founded in 2017. With 13 years experience in corporate and retail, her story is that of perseverance, having established successful businesses in the food and beverage industry and now in fashion. As a believer in being socially responsible, she has built a business that gives back to those in need. These are their stories. Let's unpack. Matabelo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy you are here. Legao, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So both of you are in the shoe game. And it's so interesting that obviously while we're speaking about entrepreneurship, there will be very unique experiences that the both of you have had just because it's particularly dealing with shoes. But mm. let's start with you. Matabelo, take me back to you growing up as a child. What was your upbringing like? Um, so I'm originally from East Rand, Katlehom, mm. mm. and I'm an only child. And my my parents are married, and you know, growing up, I was a shy child. I was very um, reserved, mm. but I was a creative child, and I always knew that I'd go into entrepreneurship, but. You know, I never knew what exactly I wanted to do. So I would always, you know, design stuff, draw stuff, mm. you know. And yeah, I had a pretty much a happy childhood, you know, being raised by two parents who are working, who are mm. always there. What is that feeling when you say, I always knew I would be, I wanted to be an entrepreneur? Because it's not often you meet a young child who says, when yeah. I grow up, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Um, that it stemmed from my father. So mm. my father, um, you know, nearly more twenty piece job. So when I better mola limola, and then he would have like a like a full time job, and then the job would mm. end. But growing up, my parents always told me like you need to have something that's your own. Mm. Do not ever rely on other people, mm. and you know you have to to. I think I never heard about either Utahulo over the supermarket or over the butchery. So we always grew up around that way. You know what? Be be an entrepreneur more than having to work yes, for yes, someone. Yes. And I always had that mindset that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I never really knew exactly what I wanted to mm. do. And initially, when I came into like my high school years, then I was like, okay, I want to open a restaurant. I thought I was going to be a restaurateur until I tried it. And I was like, no. Mm -mm. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What was your upbringing like? Um, very bad. Mm. Yeah, so um, I'm from Limpopo, I'm a Mabolo. Mm. And... Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, so um, my parents divorced when I was two mm. in 1990, and my mom moved to Jobek, moved mm. to Alexandra in 1990. And then, you know, it was hard in Alexandra, then she moved to Ivory Park, mm. you know. And staying in a shack um, with my four siblings, you mm. know, she was doing odd jobs. Sometimes, you know, there was nothing to eat. Mm. And yeah, that was my upbringing, you know. So, so I grew up in... Um, a, a situation whereby I was forced not to work, you know, mm. for someone else because it's either um, I work and I, I can only provide for my mom and not mm. for me or I provide for me and not for my mom. Mm. So that is why at an early age, I was like, I have to be an entrepreneur. So, yeah. But explain to me, and especially for those that are watching at home, what do you mean by that? Are you saying that working for someone means you're going to be restricted with the amount of money you make? Is that what you mean? Or are you saying if I work, um, it literally can only provide for one? What do you mean by that? Yeah, um, as a child, you know, because that was the life that I was exposed to. So mm. I was only exposed to um, people um, who were working as waiters, cleaners, mm. you know. Mm. And I, I knew from when I was about 15 that, ah, that I, I, can't, I can't provide for... For, for my mom and myself at the same mm. time because we're living in a, in a tiny shack in an informal settlement. Mm. You know, it's either I was going to get a bond house yes. and leave my mom or get my mom a house and I, I have to stay with her, you know. Mm. So I knew there and then that I, I, I had to do something very big. Mm. You know, I had to be an entrepreneur, you know. So even when I, I, I made my first shoe in 2003, my intention was that I want to be wealthy. I want to take mm. my mom out of a shack. So at the time, what was the family structure? Because you keep speaking about when I mama. Where was everybody else? Um, at home, you know, mm. I had I have I have, I have um, um, two brothers, two older mm. brothers, and my little sister as well. Mm. Yeah, so my mom um, was just doing odd jobs, you know, good mm. kitchening as a mm. domestic worker here and there. Sometimes, you know, I'm saving to a fail. So mm. yeah, that was my setup at home. Mm. Mm. And and you know, you're speaking a lot about taking on this responsibility. mama. Is it because Baba Nalisiku? Yeah, okay. um, it's, it's it's more about um, him not being there, you know, at mm. all. Even when um, they, they actually divorced, so mm. I, I think I've met my dad three to four times, mm. you know. So um, when I made my first shoe, I was like, actually, I can do this as a business, you know. Mm. So I, I learned how to make a business plan at the age of fifteen because I wanted to actually take over. I wanted mm. to be able to take my mom out of that informal settlement. Mm. So yeah, it has been like that. Yeah. So you spoke about. Uh, thinking that you're going to open a restaurant one day. Yeah. Ne? So where did that dream begin of wanting, because that was now your, your entrepreneurship answer at the time. Yes. So my mother, so in, when growing up, my father was always away in a driver. Mm. So he'd always be away. So I'd always be left with my mom and my mom raised me in terms of being there full time. Mm. And later on when I, grew, she kind of started working, but mm. she'd always cook all the time and she taught me to cook. I think by eight, I was like, the kitchen in the second yeah. was a full meal, yeah, Sunday, certain yes. course. And from there, I thought to myself, well, I can cook. My mom likes to cook. I love food. I'm definitely going to be a restaurateur because yes. I want to open a restaurant. And that's what I, I love to do and because I loved to cook, you yeah. know, spending time with my mother. So then eventually when I grew, I tapped into that market. Mm. And my first rodeo in business, you know, um, was having a catering company. 
um, where we used to cook and then would go to the cookout, cookers, mm. yeah, and then you'd serve your food. Mm. But then at the time, I was working a full-time job, and then had a Friday, and then I'm like 24 hours, and then Saturday, now I have to go sell. Mm. But then I realized that that was not... My, my passion does not my love. After three months, I was like, eh, no, 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 no. This is too much for me. So for the person watching yeah. who wants to know, um, what was the sign that it's not for you? Because you know how we always hear people say, persevere, keep going. What was the thing that was like, do not keep going, stop? <laughs> I always say when you find your passion, regardless of the challenges that you go through, mm. every morning you need to wake up and still enjoy yeah. something. And also you still need to feel like, you know, you you still have to have that vision of, I'm going to make it work. It's going to, yeah. you know, it's going to be something bigger. And for me, I realized like every weekend I would, the first two weekends I was like, okay, I'm excited. But then how do we get into the summer? I was like, no man, like I really do not like coming back on a Friday because mm. pizza. And then I also tried to add other people to help me, but mm. I still didn't like the feeling I was getting. And the business was doing good. It was not even doing mm. bad. It was doing really good. People loved the concept that I brought Coca see and mm. would have the, the cookouts. And then I was like, but at the end of the day, I'm not happy. I don't like waking up. And mm. even when I looked at the vision further, Hori, if I'm already complaining now, when it's like such a minute scale. Yeah. What Mohakinali restaurant do, it's like a 24-hour yeah. day, you have to be there and making sure. And that's when I was like, I still want to be an entrepreneur, but that was not my space. And it's okay yeah. to say, let me try something else. So it's not because you were really tired because you had a long week. <laughs> no. I mean, that could have been a consideration that maybe you just needed sleep. No, no. Because sometimes, you know, we'll get you off. Yes. You know, how better, like maybe you'd say like, okay, your, your leave days, yeah. you get two weeks off. Mm. And I still have the whole week, and sometimes I'd have like a whole week where it's not like I'm tired. Yes, I got you. And I can still go back and cook. But why is it, I'm happy, happy. Yeah, but that, yeah. And I'm like, oh, am yeah. I really doing yeah. this again? Yeah. So eventually that's when I realized that was it for me. But it was not the end of my journey, though. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, you say you did your first business plan at 15. Many 15-year-olds are nowhere near that type of thinking. What drove you to be in the space outside of what you've already told us? But what is the thing that took you to, okay, it needs to be a business plan? And what was the business plan for? Um, at 15, I was now doing grade 8. You know, mm. I was now in the big school. <clears throat> and that is when I actually realized that we were poor. You know, mm. that is when I realized that we actually, I was actually different. You know, mm. other kids were wearing, you know, um, labels and, and branded clothes. And I was like, um, okay, probably maybe I have to do something. So I started reading magazines. I wanted to go to um, fashion schools. Mm. And yeah, that is what drove me into that uh, corner because mm. I, I couldn't even do what other teenagers were doing. I couldn't date because, because of class. Mm. Ah, when, I, when I was so cool, I, was, yeah. I can't date you. So it just put me in a corner where I was just now forced to do research, mm. you know, forced to just um, read um, the Forbes magazines, mm. entrepreneur magazines back then, you know. So, yeah, that, that aligned me into being the person that I am today then. Mm -hmm. But the idea that, okay, so you're saying magazines, this, what is the yeah. thing that got you to start writing a business plan? Um, what got me to start writing is when at school they asked us to come wearing our, our, our home clothes. Yes. And then I didn't have anything to wear. So I went home because my grandmother taught me how to sew and I started yes. sewing my clothes, you know, using yes. denim. And one of the special things that I did was a sneaker as well. Yes. You know, I took an all-tone sneaker, redesigned it using denim, yes. and I went to school. 
And because I was one of those kids, you know, mm. we didn't have money. So um, teachers were like, um, these are cool. You should actually just come and patch my jeans, you yeah. know, other students as well. So I started, you know, getting money from all these things, you know, mm. sewing clothes and, and sneakers as well. So I was like, actually, I can turn this into a business because mm. I've been reading these magazines. Yeah. So I started, you know, trying to get into, you know, retail, you know, back mm. in the day, but I was still a kid. But actually worked for me for my high school career, you know, because I was just reading uh, um, business books. I was just making business plans, trying to build a business. I had a logo, I had a name. I, I, wow. I, I registered a business back then. So, yeah. yeah. So your first business that you had actually done in high school, because you're now making money, yeah. right? Did it evolve to become your current business or did you have to fail a few times before you got to your current business? Yeah, I went through failure a lot, you know. So in high school, that was fun. Mm. Um, but I, I came to know that actually retail is going to take time, mm. you know. So I failed my metric. And I had to go back again in, in 2008 and rewrite my two subjects. Did you fail because of your business? Yeah, I failed because of a lot of things that were happening. Because oh, now I was okay. getting much more older. You yes. know, I was a lot much more conscious about my surroundings, the poverty. Yes. You know, there was just too much. And I failed the, uh, two subjects, maths and computer studies. But I had to go back and then mm. and, and rewrite past. But now my friends were already gone. They were now mm. in university. So I was like, ah, getting a job, no, I'm not going to do that. So mm. I started a cleaning services company. So I've been, you know, doing business ever since then. Probably about five businesses that failed, mm. you know, dismally so, you know. So yeah, I've been through a lot in what, terms of failure. What do you mean by failure? Because failure can look like many things. Um, not getting clients, you know, because I sometimes um, to 2013, I actually yeah. just went back to school, studied civil engineering at an FET college. Mm -hmm. So later on, I was able to just, you know, uh, fund my businesses later on in life. They also failed. So I lost money, you know, mm -hmm. I had um, cash flow scraps, I had a, a poultry business, you know, they failed, you know, because of operations, you know, I couldn't run them. I didn't have much knowledge, but I'm more passionate about entrepreneurship. So yeah, so uh, my failure um, sparks because of um, different things, you know, mm -hmm. operations, funding, you know, lack of time, not paying attention, lack of passion. So, mm. yeah. So, and, and, and the last one you said about lack of passion, I mm. think yeah. uh, probably sp speaks similarly to your catering business. Yeah. What was the next business you, you ventured into? Because you said, this is not for me. And what happens when, when you're done with a business, but it's doing well? Do you sell it or do you just yeah. stop answering people's calls? <laughs> you change your number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish it was that easy. No, so so with me, with that business, I realized like it was not for me. Mm. I sold it off to a friend of mine. Mm. And, you know, the value that I sold it was like, wait, what, how much I'd invested into mm. it and how much it would make. I sold it off. And with them, unfortunately, they couldn't bring Keep it up, up as yeah. well. And I think also a lot of the times people go into entrepreneurship not because of something they love, they just want to make quick money. Yeah. So also that plays a role of where you want to be. Mm. So after that, I then was like, okay, I think I want to go into the fashion industry. And that's where now my journey starts. And initially I was like, okay, actually, I don't know, I was, at that time I was in a trend of like, no, I'm going to design bikinis and swimwear. Mm. <laughs> and swimwear. And before we even got to where I am now with this business, that was supposed to be a bikini brand. Mm. And then I realized, hey, no, I don't know anything about drawing, the sizes that have to come with. And my brand actually changed names three times before mm. we actually got to where it was. Yeah. And 
we moved from, you know, bikinis and I was like, okay, no, I actually want to open an Insta store. I'm going to mm. do fashion. Mm. I'm going to sell clothing. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I never really had a direction. Mm. That as well didn't work out until I, my passion, I would say, found me mm. and then the brand where I've built it now to be. And then I went into footwear. And footwear was not something I dreamt of ever. Yeah, I yeah. never even in my life thought I would be a footwear designer. I would, you know, be making shoes for women at all. How did that transition happen? So what happened is it actually happened accidental. Um, I'm, I love it when people get <laughs> successful and rich and they're like, you know, by mistake, everyone's like, I'm trying to do it on purpose, but I keep failing. <laughs> like, it's so unfair. <laughs> but I think you need to open your heart because obviously I've, I've done it with Ophel. I mean, yes. it, we went from catering and then it was like bikinis, bikinis were not working. Then it was like Instagram yeah. store clothing was not working. And how it happened for me was that being a woman, I like to buy a lot of clothes, yes. a lot of shoes, a lot of bags. And yeah. now you have to clean it up. And I remember this one time, and I, I live in a one-bedroom apartment. Mm. And I remember this one time, my mother, it was that time of the year, and we are basically taking out clothes to give away. And we actually counted. I had about 300 pairs of shoes. Wow. Like, and my mom was like, I was like, no, I don't know. Cause, and anyways, I'm also one person that used to love ordering online. Mm. And that's when I had my aha moment. Because mm. I was like, wait a minute. Half of the time, my friends, colleagues, people that see me, they like the shoes that I wear. And they'll always ask me, oh, where did you buy this? Mm. And I'll just redirect them to wherever I purchased the shoe. And for me, it was like, wait a minute. So my passion, I love shoes. And I know where to get good shoes. Why then don't I then stop redirecting all of those people and mm. then be the one that sells the shoes? But then at the time, I didn't think about the design aspect of it. That was not even, it was far from my mm. mind. So I was like, mm. in my head, I was like, okay, it, let me actually go into the shoe business, but I will resell someone else's brand. Yes. So basically, I'll collect, and that's where my star box, that's what we're, we were known as before we went to be Jadotia more right now. Yeah. That's where the brand started with selling one shoe at a time. I would basically... And I think I was quite fortunate that there was one particular lady in China that I used mm. to order all my shoes from, you know, as a client. And I said to her, I'm like, you know what, can I, you know, order, like, can I resell your shoes in South Africa yeah. to the consumers that I have? But I can only afford to buy, like, one shoe at a time. Okay, so yes. what I did was, if a shoe was, like, 500 rand, I know I go to my consumer, get a kisa 1,002. Yes. So then... Obviously, now at this time, your consumer doesn't trust or globally. Yeah. So I'll be like, okay, please give me deposit. Deposit take a short it cover the, the, the income. Cost of the shoe. The, yeah, the yeah. shoe and the shipment. And I'd order the shoe and then it will come and then mm. I would send it to consumer, consumer pays. And that's where it started. And most of the time, people think that when we start brands, like they look a stock or something. And yes. then it started literally ordering one shoe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's a very important thing to say because perception is such an interesting thing. There are many brands, especially in the fashion space, yeah. who are like, they only work to order because it's not feasible if you don't have this massive amount of capital yeah. to be sitting with stock. Yeah. Um, and I think it's an important lesson on just start with what you have. Yeah. What about on your side then? So you failed a couple of times, a whole lot of times. <laughs> And then what was the, the start of this journey? Um, when I was in construction, now I was working and I was just frustrated, you know, working for someone. And I was like, 
why don't I just go back into fashion, you know, mm. into my passion? I wanted to do um, formal men's shoes, like loafers. Mm. You know, that is when I started. I was like, okay, fine, I'm going to go into loafers, be a mm. gentleman. But I'm not that guy, you know? I was like, I like Kanye West. I listen to Jay-Z. Mm. How am I going to tap into that gentleman club type of thing? Yes. So I was like, okay, let me just now, you know, check what I can do. I was like, mm. okay, sneakers. You know, let me just check sneakers. So I started following Kanye West around, how he actually built his business, mm. you know, feel nice with Nike as well, you know? So, yeah, that is how it actually started. Mm. Then I started, like, okay, fine, let me just try to create a sneaker, a more, yeah. a, the most comfortable sneaker, because South Africans walk a lot. Yes, So I started yes. searching for fake trees. I went through a lot of them. Yeah. Up until I found one, they were like, okay, cool, we can actually just listen to you. Yes. And we started, they started helping me with the designs and, and, and everything, wow. mm. and then giving me 26 prototypes. I was way too happy with that. Yeah. I was like, okay, what am I going to name you? Yeah. And then I started going around with names, you know, asking friends what's up. And they were like, no, call it Azania or call it that, you know, yeah. th those African names. Yes. And I was like, drip, you know, at that time. Simple. Yeah, at, at that time, you know, drip was trending on social media. And I was like, okay, big corporate companies come and then they commercialize these cool names that we come up with on social media. So let me use this one. Let me yeah. trademark this one and brand it. And then they're not going to even have to think about hospitals when they think of yeah. drip. They want to think of the shoe and the brand and a South African story, yeah. you know? So I took that and then I started um, going on social media, cleaned my social media, deleted every old thing. Wow. I was like, now I'm rebranding myself. Yes. And um, the minimum order quantity of, of my sneakers was 600 pairs. Mm. I didn't have that, you know? And then I went online and I was like, guys, my name is Lekausi Hwana. You know, this is how I grew up. I didn't have sneakers, you know? I just shared my story and it blew People oh. were like, okay, my guy, so how do we buy the sneakers? I was like, I don't have the sneakers. I don't have. And then I like, wait a minute. Now I'm doing interviews. I'm on newspapers. It's like, actually, maybe I should do an online store. So, so you created a demand yes. prior to actually having the supply. Yes. That's very smart. Yeah. 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 You know, and I didn't know that I was actually doing that, you know, because mm. I guess I had this passion. I guess I was just itching. I guess another I one, one mistake was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. And then I, I called a friend of mine, Tabang, was like, Tabang, can you please help me with the online? So I was like, Yeah, if you can just give me two pairs for my girlfriend, and then we're all good. I was like, perfect. You know, so we created the online store. And then um, one thing, one beautiful thing that we did was to create um, a pre-order. Yes. So we did pre-order yeah. and the sneakers were actually sold out. Pairs and everything. I took the money. I paid the factory. I got my sneakers and I distributed. Now I had more sneakers. You know, so December 2019. And then I, I, I now made 1,200 pairs. Made my wow. first million in um, um, 2019 December. But then at that moment, I didn't just want to be that black guy who has money, you know, who's just building, uh, uh, who is just uh, a cash flow that is coming mm. in, buying cars, uh, alcohol and yes. gas. I was like, I just want to build a brand. I want to mm. build a corporate structure, systems that can, you know, inspire the next black person, mm. you know. So that is how I actually, you know, had that mentality of just building a brand mm. and a South African story, you know. So, yeah, from there and then everything just went up. So let's let's move away from the beautiful successes because yeah. obviously um, it, it, we are summarizing the the highlights. Yeah. Talk mm -hmm. to me about the lowlights. What was for you, particularly in this business, which is now doing well? What are some of the hardest moments that people will never know about because you don't post it online yeah. and that are directly related to you because your business is 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 a lot of you. You know. As, as I always say, people always ask us like, oh, what are the challenges a business go, uh, grows through? When you start a business, 
the challenges evolve as the business evolves. Yeah. And, you know, I was looking at my story, like the first time when I was starting this business, it was lack of funding, yeah. right? And also character-wise, you have to learn to be resourceful. If you're not a resourceful individual in, to be an entrepreneur, you're not going to make it. Mm. You need to be able to be someone that is innovative and, you know, resourceful. And my challenges was was that, you know, I was still working. I was fortunate that I was still working a, a you know, full-time job. Mm. I can still, you know, sustain myself. But then at the same time, when you're working a full-time job and you're trying to grow a business, you don't have the time or luxury mm. now to grow this brand. So Luana in the summer slow, one mm. moment it's high, one moment it's, mm. it's it's low. And also now it's like you wanna scale the business. Yeah. Now you've found a, a proven kind of like uh, uh, an idea that yeah. you can see what you but now you wanna scale it. And you know, I remember my first challenge was that I wanted to scale. And I remember I approached a friend of mine to 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 lend me um, money, and I borrowed like seventy thousand rand. Seventy thousand rand. You have nice friends. <laughs> no, I, no, and and and, guys, you know? I, and people don't understand. At the time, number one, when I'm going to my friend, I don't even know much about a business plan. Wow. Okay, I was quite fortunate that she she had the capacity to do yes, that, and yeah. she was a person I could identify to assist me yes. with, with. And when I approached her, I didn't just approach her with like, okay, yeah, I'll pay 70,000 yeah, more yeah. and then get out of the club. I literally had to have, I, I actually planned it out. I was like, okay, I don't know how to do a formal business plan, but mm. how about I do my business plan as a form of a presentation? Mm. I literally designed the box of my shoe, how it was going to look. Mm. Mm. And I even had a mock-up of the yeah. shoe and the concept and everything. And I went to her and I even delivered her as like my first consumer to say, yeah. this is a concept. And I had written my little story, what I wanted. And she borrowed me the, the money. Yeah. But now when she borrows me the money, I was happy. I'm like, okay, great. Get like a stock. Mm. I got a gastoko and my manufacturers are overseas. Mm. That's the one thing. So I got a gastoko. I didn't do my research that well that I needed to have an import and export license. So stoko safita, kiregile kinkile seventy thousand. I bought stoko. Um, stoko safita. But now the thing is, you need an export import license yeah. to be able to get that in. Matapelo tololo license. Now they put fees to to kind of confiscate the things and you have to release the package. But I don't have the amount of money that they wanted. I think mm. they wanted like 30,000 or something wow. that I need to buy. And I only managed to get a portion of the stock mm. when it arrived. Mm. The rest of it, I couldn't. So now here I am, Kikolata, somebody 70,000 mm. rand. I got partial of my stock. Inali interest is 70,000 rand. Mm. And I, the first kind of like business lesson I had to learn that, to learn was like, I need to pay back that money that I've, I've, I've borrowed. Mm. You know, mm. just like how a consumer comes and buys. And I literally ended up having to pay that money out of my own pocket mm. every mm. month mm. until Kifanilita that mm. loan. And it was like, okay, the business again is not selling that yeah. well. I'm not sure how to promote my business. I'm not even sure about my brand identity. And those are the things that I had to learn along the way. And yeah. that really works on your mental you know, on your, your your mental stability because now you told the world, especially when you're an entrepreneur, Brad, I push you, tell you, come out, you're like, I'm going to be successful. This mm. is my brand and this. And then now what you're building is not matching what you're mm. The reality is hitting. The reality that mm. is hitting. Your sales are not coming through. You are starting to wonder, do we really want to do this? And now you're going back to that mindset. How do you know this is 
yeah. where you're supposed or should to I, be. Should I just quit now? Yeah, should I just quit? Yeah. I just know I had like another business where I just, I was with it and I ended it. I didn't like it. And, uh, you know, you, you people are always asking, how's your business going? And you, mm. you're working a full-time job. You can't even concentrate on the business. Mm. And there's many challenges that go through you know, you go through, but mm. you have to be strong about it. So I've gone through, you know, trying to fund it, going through mental issues. Um, what What are the mental issues so that people understand the type of sacrifice you're talking about? Because people yeah. will always think your capital contribution to your business is money and time, not realizing sometimes your spend is your health and sometimes your spend is your mental health. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's 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 your mental health. And, you know, one of the things that I don't really talk about, and I'm glad that you asked about mm. it, like with me particular, um, you know, I have um, ADHD, mm. I am depressive, mm. I have bipolar, I, am, I have, like, anxiety. Mm. And I have to have a solid, um, you know, I have to have a solid support structure in yes. order to make sure that I'm, to keep me well. And it's okay, you know. Every business goes, like, with mm. lows and it has its highs. Mm. But, you know, a lot of people tend to think that if you have those, you can never have be like, yeah, you can yeah. never have a business because now you're flip-flopping, you're all over the world, you're, you're all over with your emotions. Yeah. But also when you, re when you hit rock bottom, not every day is like a happy day you have to wake up. Some days it's so bad that you're like, oh my God, how do I sort out a problem, yeah. you know? And you just need to stay focused on, you know, yeah. on, on, on your vision. And a lot of times I've seen people as well, we like to compare ourselves to mm. our counterparts mm or to other people in the same business because it's like, oh, someone has made uh, a certain amount of money within two months. Why am I not making that two months? And mm. that also contributes to your mental health. And to you, Ligawa, I mean, what are some of the worst, worst moments that have happened in your business journey? Um, cash flow, mm. you know, and distribution, you know. So, so I'm... Um, being able to actually build the structure of the business. Yeah. You know, we need to have more money. And um, being able to feed the, the, the demand that's there, you know. Yeah. So that has been one of our challenges. That is why most of the times we actually went back into um, the, the funding moment of the business yeah. whereby we just open those pre-orders, then we raise more money, yeah. and then we produce, and then we distribute. And then also lockdown, you know. So so the first 21 days of, of lockdown were actually hard, you know, because we didn't work, we had uh, um, office, mm. couldn't pay uh, employees as well. But uh, it turned out to be very good because mm. um, we focus more online, we're on social media, mm. you know, everywhere. We're working with um, Twitter guys that we're just um, promoting the business mm. as well. So, yeah, for us, it was just more of that um, mm. financially and just being um, not, not working during mm. that time of 21 days of lockdown. Yeah. So something that many business owners don't talk about, and I'm always curious, is how has success been difficult? Because success can also be hard. Have you ever experienced something like that? It, for me, it's more of when I started, you know, I'm more of an introvert, yes. you know, I'm always minding my business, you know, mm. and now it has changed now. Social media, every half day you're getting a message or bombarded with messages from people saying, oh, you know, can you help me with money? About those people you don't know, or mm. it's, you know, can you be my mentor? And for me, it was a bit of a culture shock. Yeah. Because I, I was just living my life and next thing now you're getting this because people are seeing what the brand that you're building. So mm. for me, I think the challenges was kind of like 
understanding that and with the heart that I have, I want to help everyone. But mm. now you kind of start realizing like, wait, you, you know, you can't really help everyone, mm. you know, um, and people want you to behave in a certain way. They want you to, you know, um, speak a certain way. And mm. sometimes, I mean, I've had issues where, you know, you get so much messages and you can't respond to all of them. Yeah. And then some people are become very mean to you to be like, yeah, yeah oh, no, no. Oh, oh, now you've made it. How how's I respond? I got you messaging. And then you're like, uh, not because I don't want each other. I don't, I, I'm chasing the day. I don't have enough yeah. hours to yeah. do that. So yeah. for me, it's been the cultural shock of moving from how I lived or who I was yeah. to now there's just this amount of attention that mm. I was never, ever used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about for you? How has success being difficult outside of, you know, the demand being higher than the supply available? Um, I grew up poor. I grew mm. up in poverty. So I'm I'm cruising right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm cruising, you know. So whatever attention that I get right now, I'm able to just make phone calls and say, let us go to my township and then just help with soup. Let us go and buy school shoes, you know. So I'm using every little thing, you know, mm. every little attention that I'm getting. And so I was able to buy my mommy a house, you know, I'm able mm. to help my family with um, each and everything that they need. So I'm just cruising right now. I'm just able mm. to just um, use whatever negativity. And I, I don't even focus on that, you know. Mm. So if something is negative, I just move away. So I'm just focusing on the positive and just building my brand, yeah. Mm. So where are you now with uh, you personally in relation to your business and your business? Well, uh, right now we are still growing. Mm. Um, you know, we are fourth most in e-commerce store. Nice. <laughs> so that's how we basically build ourselves. And, you know, we've started our small, you know, distribution through other retail stores in terms mm. of our brand. And, you know, getting the brand out there, getting people to understand that we can compete within, you know, international standards mm. for our products. So, yeah, that's that's currently where we are now. Mm. Um, we're still growing. And, you know, I always tell people that Roma's never bold in one night. And people tend to want to rush their... their their growth. Mm. And, you know, this is the time that you need to enjoy, mm. you know, and we are taking it slowly. You know, we are getting to know ourselves. I'm getting to know myself as a yeah. businesswoman, um, you know, and yeah, that's that's basically me. What about you? Um, we are building the business. You know, mm. we have over 80 employees. You know, we have a beautiful um, office in Centurion. And then we are also building studios in a design area. We hired um, someone that is designing sneakers in-house, you know, working on the brand positioning. Mm. You know, we signed um, um, a deal with Caspanio Vest, you know, that is worth 100 million, you know. So we are doing well right now. We mm. just want to get the brand out there, you mm. know, create employment. I always use the hashtag jobs will be created, mm. you know, with 74% with of young people being unemployed. You know, mm. that is where I just want to position the business and say, if you, if, you, if you can't employ you, at least just do something with your life, you know. So just want to use a trip as a vehicle that um, is a positive, you mm. know, to, to young people. So, yeah, we are creating jobs, you know, we are opening stores, mm. you know, we are working with um, um, brands out mm. there just to align um, with what we have right now. Mm. So, yeah, we are doing pretty well. Final words for the viewers that uh, that are watching that might be inspired uh, by something that you've shared in your story. Yeah. Um, my best advice, I always tell someone, just start. Even if you don't have a proper plan, you mm. don't have you know, the, the means, mm. but just start. Once you start, you'll learn along the way. And, you know, even if your dream is that big, 
try to find ways to scale it down to be mm. like small, to start a yeah. small, but just start. Once you start, it's easy to ride, like riding. It's like mm. riding a horse. You mm. just ride it into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your side? Um, money follows passion. You know, mm. just stick to something that you're passionate about. You know, just grow it. Um, I've, I've went through, you know, failure before. So when you fail, um, something, don't give up. You know, just mm. continue. I met a guy um, back in the day when I was still doing poultry. Um, he was he had a chicken grill on, on the street. You mm. know, he was making over 50 to 60,000 rands a month. You know, that is not a cool business to do. So we just have to just, you know, go back to basics and just mm. check around our communities. What is that we can do? And then just to bring bread home. You know, so yeah, and also money follows passion all the time. Money follows mm-hmm. passion all the time and start where you are with what you have. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ligao. Thank you so much, Matapelo, for coming to talk to us. I think the reality is we don't talk often often enough about the personal struggles that come with being an entrepreneur. And in the case of the both of you, you're both successful entrepreneurs, of which Rona, as South Africans, we are extremely proud. Uh, when we Thank see you. Hore, you guys are the champions of, of, of employment at the moment. We can't rely on our public... Uh, space to be serving. We have to rely on each other to be providing the job. So, Rale Boha, thank you for coming to share your stories. Thank you so thank much. You. <laughs> Hashtag unpacked with Rale Bukhile. Do get in touch with us and do engage with us, uh, especially on the show- socials. Let us know what you think about our guest tonight. And maybe you've got your own entrepreneurship story or personal struggle that you'd like to share and engage on. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good night. Next time on Unpacked, it's almost like you are less of a man if there's no exactly. children, right? You are the ones are saying, when are you having, when are we seeing grandchildren? Mm. We're mm. waiting for grandchildren. Being married doesn't mean that automatically you will have kids. When did you actually realize that you have fertility issues? with Rilebukhile Maboja. New episodes weekdays at 5.30pm on my YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe. Television edited broadcasts weekdays at 5pm. Open up to S3.